Good afternoon, and good evening, my name is Adam, and today, I'm talking to myself, and uh, first of all, I just want to say, today I am talking about my own bouts with racism, and the racist things that I have said, I just, just should say ahead of time, some things that I'm going to tell you about are going to sound racist, um, and not because I'm trying to be, but because I want to document for it any of my listeners or myself things that I'm feeling now compared to what things were in my past um, I also want to also let you guys know that if I sound like I'm being a little quieter it's because I was struck by inspiration to record this very very early in the morning when everyone else is sleeping <laughs> so oh, and I'm also a little nervous so please bear with me as I Uh, get comfortable in how I'm going to approach this subject. So, first of all, I want to say that in my past and in my present, I can say truthfully, oh, that's going to be a really awful sentence to say out loud. I have empathy for what I think some racists think. Not because I think that they are correct, but because of a lot of misinformation that they were given and that they believe. And I only say this... I say this because of a story I'm about to share with you in a minute, but also... um, I've been having some mixed feelings on who deserves my sympathy in the past few weeks with everything going on in the country and some this has been my whole life where you know I always feel bad for the murderer I feel sad that he's that he or she is that way that they got that far and now they're on death row or in prison for the rest of their life or separated from their family regardless of the awful things that somebody has done there's always a part of me that feels sorry that somebody could be so misguided and so broken in some way that they would do the horrible thing that they have done. And it is a it is my battle uh, that I'm trying to figure out how to deal with. But which leads me to this conversation I'm having with myself and anybody else who cares to listen. Um, so here's a story. Uh, for anybody who's a common listener here, they know that I grew up in a small. Um, kind of podunk town of less than a thousand people for the most part Um, I grew up around that area uh, or you know in the vicinity and even when I wasn't living there a lot of my activity happened there a lot of my growing up happened there even if it wasn't my school district Um, and this place is called Salzburg for anybody who cares to know where I was in and out of for most of my young life and even part of my adult life and um, this town was mostly white people. Actually, for as long as I can remember, it was white people. When I finally moved to that school for good, uh, it wasn't until like probably my sophomore year that anybody of color even moved in there and we saw anybody of color in the school. Um, but I should back up a bit because actually it's not about that. It's about before I moved to this permanently to this town called Salzburg, I moved to a different place. Where for the first time in my life, we, at least the street that I lived on, 
we were in the minority of, you know, there were very few white people on the street. And in the school and in the class that I had, it was mostly people of color. Um, uh, and I, in fourth grade was probably one of the most horrific times I've had in my life. It was the first time I was able to walk to school. Boy, I'm really nervous to tell the story. I'm going everywhere. All right, let me let me go back a minute. I'm like super nervous to put this episode out, <laughs> but I feel like I need a place, a safe place, to put this information and to put these feelings because I don't know what to do with them. And sometimes I don't know how to have these conversations with people, especially when tensions are so high. I feel like I just need to deal with it whenever, however I need to. So, okay, let me start from the beginning. Alright, let me take a sip first. Alright, confidence sip. Here we go. Ah, fuck. Okay. Alright, so... In fourth grade, my family moved. We moved a lot as when I was a kid. Um, for different reasons, usually financial. Um, and my parents would just find whatever place they could get. And we just moved around a lot. It was hard as kids, you know, to get attached to the people, to move sometimes move back and then leave again (laughs) um but when I was I believe it was fourth grade we moved to this place uh around this area we we know it as New Kent and uh we were the I wasn't used to there being so many people of color around because growing up to that point I'd only met one person of color in kindergarten um that I can remember, anyway. Um, so I had a lot of skewed views on color. And God, I remember even just making a stupid joke as a kindergartner that... I don't know if I should repeat. Ugh. Anyway, that's not the story I'm telling, so I don't have to tell that part. So, um, in fourth grade, that was the first time I had to walk to school. And... My dad would walk with me the first couple of times to make sure that I knew the way and that I wouldn't get lost. And then eventually I knew my own way and I found a couple of friends who I could walk with, home with, and to school with. One that would wait for me every day at like a stop sign <laughs> and then walk me there until I got confidence to do it myself. Um, and uh, I made some cool friends there and I realized that most of the friends I made were white. Um, not because I actively avoided people of color. I did meet a few really sweet people. Um, but for the most part, it was mostly white. And I don't remember how this got started, but there was this guy. Uh, we'll just call him Josh. And there was this real tall, uh, dark-skinned guy. Well, he was like, I wouldn't say he was dark, but darker than me. Um, uh, his, we'll just call him Josh. So, Josh had, like, a group of friends that hung out with him a lot. And I don't remember how this got started with me. But at some point, I got on the wrong end or the bad side of this person. And I used to get chased home from school. Like, a lot. And there was even one time where some of these people, because of drama that my sister was into, showed up at our front door because they knew where I lived and they knew that she was my sister. And while they were trying to get my sister out and we were trying to keep her in... Some of them challenged me for, to a fight, and one of them even attacked me. Um, eh, it was a very embarrassing day, um, for a lot of reasons, but 
Um, it got to the point where I had to run home before people would notice that I was leaving. I really wish I could remember how I got in this dude's bad side. Something I mean, he didn't, I didn't have any classes with the guy. I really don't remember. I think it's because I was friends with somebody that, like, wronged him, and I think he thought that I was also that way. I don't remember. Hindsight, the one guy that I hung out with was a, a real bad racist. I regret even giving him any attention. But... I remember one day I just had enough, and I talked to my older brother, who I talked about in the in previous episodes, who committed suicide several years ago, um, actually like 11 years ago now, um, but uh, I just said one day, I like, can you help me deal with these guys, because I just can't, I can't deal with this anymore, I'm always running home, I can't enjoy it, I'm just, I just hate sprinting for, you know, the eight or nine blocks, or I don't remember how far, how far it was to do it and so he walked with me one day out of the path that I knew that this guy Josh and a few others walked to go home and he yelled at them uh, you know and he confronted them and they were no fight was actually had but I threw a rock at one of them because I was angry I wish I hadn't done that because even though it didn't really escalate a lot of things I know that I wasn't making my brother's situation any easier <laughs> I was just so angry. I just was so angry that they were always um, chasing me. And I remember one day, or during that, during that altercation, he tried to get past my brother to get to me. And my brother got in his way and pushed him back a bit and said, no, 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 your business is with me or something like that. And I yelled out to him. I said, yeah, stay back, you fucking stupid piece of chocolate or something like that. It was real stupid. And he looks at me and he goes, oh, we're going to talk, make this about color now, huh? When actually the only person up to that point who was talking about color was this other white girl that was with him, who was older than him, I guess was just somebody who walked walked him home. I don't think she went to school with us. She, she was the one that mentioned my color most of the time. You know, it was really funny. She could say, like, oh, she said, like, oh, this little honky bitch over there or that little white bastard. You know, she was the only person, the only white person in that group. And Josh never said anything like that to me. But I was so angry. That was that was the first thing I thought that I thought would hurt his feelings. And I I've never been able to get his look out of my face because I think he was upset that I did that. I didn't call him a slur or anything like that exactly, but I mean I might as well have, you know. And uh, it was something that I'm not very proud of. And that escalated eventually to the principal. And then we talked. The principal, nobody was a fan of the principal. His name was Mr. Rock. And, um, or Rocky or Rocco, I can't remember. Rock something. Nobody really liked him, but everybody respected him. When he, when he told the school to be quiet, he always had to do was tap on the microphone, and the whole school shut up. Um, and he just made us talk one day. And he said to me, uh, Rock said to me, uh, before we talked, he says, I find it really hard to believe that this kid is chasing you home or is causing you grief. And I was really confused. I was like, well, he, I mean, he is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um, you know, my brother was there. He goes, yeah, I mean, you know, he was at our house one day. Like, he was with a bunch of people. Of course he was. And Mr. Rocky said, oh, that's it. It's Mr. Rocky. Now that I say it out loud a few times, that was his name. And he says, well, that's really hard to believe because he's one of our top students in, in the grade. Uh, he has one of the highest GPAs. Uh, you know, he never gets in trouble. 
So um, I was very surprised to get a phone call and have to have him come and sit here. It was something along that lines, but I remember him just saying he was a really good student, high grades, and he's never been in his office before for to get in trouble. And, you know, as a kid, I was just so angry that, like, I felt like he was getting off the hook. I, didn't, I don't remember everything that happened, but I remember everything stopped after that. And I remember we talked a little bit. He made us talk. And actually, this, again, we'll call him Josh. Josh actually apologized to me. Uh, I don't remember everything that he said, but he was the first one to say, well, look, I'm sorry for giving you a hard time. I wish I could remember more what he said. I just remember him apologizing first. Um, I don't think I took it all that well. I think I just said, all right, we're cool. I just don't want to see you anymore or something like that because he kind of just left me alone. Um, and I don't even think I apologized to him, to be honest with you. <laughs> he never brought up once the thing I said. Um, and then I remember this, this really this larger kid later in the week I wish I could remember his name too but it doesn't really matter he's a heavier set guy but very very tall like tall tall kid and this guy that I mentioned earlier that I was in hindsight embarrassed that I was even his friend I never noticed something that he this was a turning point for me because I never noticed I think his name was Jeremy, now I'm thinking about it, the, the dickhead kid I used to be friends with. I think Justin was, I think Justin was the other, was, was the kid he was picking on. But this, this, we'll call him Jeremy. So this Jeremy that I was friends with, I used to see him kind of pick on this one kid in class sometimes. But like in a, you know, not a, I mean, I mean it was a mean way, but in my brain I didn't see this, I thought it was just him joking. I didn't, I didn't see what he was doing. And then for the first time, I'm so stupid. I feel so dumb saying this out loud. But like, looking back, I'm embarrassed to say what <laughs> this Jeremy kid, when he would pick on Justin, very tall, dark kid, he would like puff his lips out like a duck, like what girls do now for duck face and, and selfies. And he would make that face to him and then look away from him. And then Justin would always turn his head away and not even say anything. He never told the teacher. He never told anybody. He never complained. He just always turned away and just looked upset that Jeremy was giving him, you know, a hard time. And I've seen him do this multiple times throughout the school year. And not once that I think that he was being racist. Um... And then that thing happened with Josh. And I don't know why that stuck with me the way it did. I wish I could remember more of the conversation. But I'll never forget how infuriated I was. With, I think I, I mean, again, I don't know if I was able to process this as a four-year, or a, yeah, four-year-old, a fourth grader. <laughs> I think I was nine. But, man, I can remember that image so vividly in my brain. And it makes me so mad. I don't know if I ever stood up to Jeremy, but I don't think I walked home with him anymore. And I remember one day in art class sitting next to Justin. We didn't talk. I don't think he wanted me there, to be honest. And now that I'm talking this out, I feel like that's why Josh was mad at me in the first place. I had some, I must have had something to do with Jeremy, but he never gave Jeremy a hard time. I felt like his Jeremy didn't 
but more often than not didn't walk home. Maybe that was it. I don't remember. But I don't know why I, this just popped into my brain recently and I just had to get it out. But I don't know I mentioned empathy earlier and I'll get to that. Um, I mean, part of that empathy comes from I understand how people can be so polluted. I know that there's a lot of resources on the internet, but the internet is so vast it's easy to not know where to look. And when people take you in and give you a home on the internet and make you feel welcome with these crazy views that you have, I mean, it wasn't quite the same thing that it is now back then, but I mean, I understand how that can be, how, how your brain can be so polluted that you don't understand exactly why that, I want to say why that they're bad, because like, you know, at some point you know that you're being racist, you know, as an adult. But I understand how that stuff could have been so embedded in you. I wish I could unwrite that for a lot of people. Because I know people who say stupid shit. That I wish I could just bitch slap the words out of their mouth. But I'd be lying if I said there was a, I still didn't love them. Because I know that they're a good person at heart. They just were taught bad things. And they just believe bad things. They just have terrible habits. And, and I'm having this conflict because do I give them the time of day anymore? I definitely don't give time of day to anybody who supported the insurrection. Like, I've already started cutting people out of my life. They said, yeah, that was what we needed. <laughs> no, it wasn't. And you're part of the problem. <sighs> but I just wish that people were just like Trump supporters, Trumpers. I hate that I don't want them in my life because there's always a part of me that wants to save them. There's always a part of me that wants to show them that, like, you don't have to be like this forever. You can learn. You don't... You were just taught the wrong things. You were told the wrong things. People poisoned your brain, and you just have to want to... You just have to want to pull away from it. And I know that you know, you people, you know. You know what you're doing is wrong. But admitting that it's so hard for you because you've already died, you've already dove in so far. I'm conflicted because I wish I just knew how to talk to people who I so desperately disagree with and just how do you tell somebody that they're wrong without just making them angry you know you have to expose them I mean you can't just say hey go hang out with a black or a brown person and understand why what you believe is bullshit or understand that some of the things that you were taught are just misconceptions based on people who have been living shittier than you or may seem like they have the same situation as you, but they don't. And this, the story I told, that was the beginning of something for me. I mean, I was lucky that I had that realization early, well, earlier. I mean, and I'll be honest with you, not all, it didn't all stick. It was, it was, a, it was a long time coming, and embarrassingly, it wasn't, it wasn't until probably my sophomore year of school that I really started to pay attention more and realize who my friends were and what people were saying and be more mindful of my own language and what my at that point my brother really took on a different persona and I paid more attention to how he talked about people um, and 
I remember... I remember that, you know, growing up in the backwoods of Salzburg, my parents used to teach me really stupid things to say that in hindsight were awfully racist and stupid. I was going to say one of them, but... Because it's not really a bad word, but it, it's... I don't want anybody who listens to this remotely start using it in case they're listening for this to this for the wrong reason. But hey, if you made it 20 minutes in, I mean, what the fuck are you doing? If you're some dickhead just looking for evidence or whatever, but... It was just a word. They would come up with words to say that weren't exactly the racial term. Or the, rather, I should say the racist term. But sounded enough like it that I could get away with it. And they always thought it was funny, and they would just try to coax us to say it. And I'm embarrassed that I used to do that. And um, I'm even more embarrassed because of the friends I've made this year. And uh, I'm sorry if this is kind of like a weird meandering thing. I'm still very nervous <laughs> um, and embarrassed, <laughs> even though no one's here. And it's just me talking alone. Um, but I bring these things up because if I know that there are people that don't deserve your sympathy sometimes, or mine, and I'm always combating with, do I feel bad for these people? And I can't help my nature, I do. The insurrectionist, I feel, I, I, I hate to say it, but I pity them. They did awful things. They had awful intentions, and it could have gotten a lot worse, and it already did. People died of strokes because of the excitement. Somebody got shot. Somebody got hanged while being shot fucking a cop killed himself and they beat one to death um they did awful things and the people of congress a lot of them call themselves republicans do I wouldn't call them anything except for fucking traitors are defending these things and there's a part of me that just wishes that what are you afraid of What's going on? Have you been doing this out of fear? Do you really believe these things that you're saying? Like, what happened to you that made you feel these things? What was the fateful thing that turned you into a villain? I mean, I empathize with villains all the time in movies because it's just like some of their stories are pretty shit. Um, I just wish that I knew what the antidote was. I wish that I knew. If there was a silver bullet for those kind of things, well, I should take that back. I don't want to call it a silver bullet. We'll call it a panacea for those kind of things. And I've never had to live with it for that long, at least that deeply. I'm always being checked and trying to understand my privilege more. And uh, which I'm about to get to the empathy part here in a second. Well, the second part of it. But like... I'm willing to evolve, and I know that's hard. I know that's hard for people to do. And I wish that I could take that away. And there's guilt, there's things that I can remember doing. I mean, you ever, when you're just having a random day, you know, you're hanging out, doing whatever, and then just one of these stupid thoughts pop into your head of, 
something really stupid that you did your brain's like hey remember this dumb thing you did like 15 years ago as a kid and you're like yeah I do now thank you brain and I don't know why that happens but this was one of those times where I just need to talk about it about it while it was fresh <sighs> but the next hard thing I need to talk about is another version of empathy that I have. And this isn't to say that I agree with what some of these racist people are feeling. But I'm coming to this from a standpoint where I understand why some people don't know how to control their emotions or don't know what to do with them when they have a misunderstanding of what is happening. Typically, can you know, there's a line that Falcone says in, the, in Batman Begins where he says people fear what they don't understand and I think that is so true um I could go on a tangent but I'm not <sighs> alright Adam come on alright take a confidence sip here we go <sighs> okay so I know PC public correctness can be frustrating for a lot of people. I understand that language that you are used to or ways that you have conversations that you're used to feel like they're being taken from you. I understand that that can be frustrating if you don't, if you feel like you're walking on eggshells or if you feel like you're always worried about hurting somebody's feelings or saying the wrong thing to upset the masses or to upset one person. I get that. That means that there's a part of you that's a good person. That means that there's a part of you that does care. You just don't know what to do with this frustration that you have. So, you know... Alright, here's one more thing I want to share about myself with this. As a white man the past several, I'd say past 12 months, maybe a little more, actually definitely a little more, I have been unable to express, or I have felt like I am unable to express how I feel on certain matters without feeling like me as a white man, like my feelings don't matter anymore because it's not my time. Sometimes when I'm in conversations with people who are in the minority or women, uh, you know, anybody who's not a straight white male, uh, sometimes I feel like my opinion gets invalidated because people say, oh, well, you're a straight white guy, what do you know? Or maybe I think that's what they'll think. Oh, you're just a straight white guy, what do you know? You're not gay, you're not bi, you're not black, you're not brown, you're not a woman, you don't understand. And sometimes I feel like I don't know if I'm allowed to have an opinion on certain things because you're right, I'm not any of those things. And I couldn't completely understand but not that I wouldn't try. And I know that that can be frustrating for people. And I think that when the conversations are being changed, and when we're trying to understand each other, I mean, tensions are still very high, and they have been for a while. And I think that there are people who feel like they are losing their way of life. You know, just like when the slaves were freed way back when, people thought their life was being attacked. If anything, life got better, I think. Well, I mean, in general, like, with culture, 
I think that a lot more has been added to it as opposed to anything being taken away. You know, a little tangent, I was watching the History of Swear Words earlier today. And they talked about... We watched the episode about the word fuck and the word about the one about shit. And it turns out that those words received a lot more amplified meanings because of people of color. In ways that we all use them all the time. And I love swearing. It's one of my favorite things to do. And for those of you who think... You know, that, that, that people who are not white contribute nothing. I mean, I know this is just a very small grab here, but it's just it was just a funny coincidence. I learned today that some of my favorite swear words received the amplification that they did and the slangs that they did because of people of color adding it into the culture in different ways. And that's just like a very small thing. I mean, like music and TV and, and just abstract art. I mean, everything. You know, and I'm not talking about just about African American. I'm talking about all people of color and all all um, identities. Um, but what I'm saying is that I think some people look at these things like I'm losing something. You know, again, because there are people that are telling them that they are these fear tactics. You're losing something. These people are taking something from you. They're taking. You're attacking your culture. You can't be your white self anymore. You have to be careful how you talk around people now. And now you have to wear this mask. You know, it's just all how people in, in powerful positions talk to them. And I'm not saying it doesn't work on any any side of the spectrum or any side of the political aisle or however socially you want to fucking talk about it. Um, when race isn't really a political thing, although, like, there are political ramifications. But... Um, what I'm getting at is, like, I understand. When I say empathy, like, I feel sorry that there are people who are trapped in this this rage prison that makes them feel like something's being taken from them. They feel they're being held hostage. You know, again, I don't feel like I am losing anything except for, I mean, I mentioned earlier the not knowing when I can speak or how I can use my privilege properly. But that's my journey to learn. And that's my journey to speak up and to be heard and to find anybody who's willing to communicate, you know, because that's what a lot of this is about. It's just better communication with each other. But that's my battle. That's my thing. That's not anybody's fault but my own. That's, you know, any insecurities I'm feeling, I have to work through that and know when I can and when I shouldn't talk. You know, um, and staying silent is hard, especially for someone like me. And I think... You know, after the past four years, we've had a president, well, if you want to call him that, of this president. Um, that's a long time. That's a lot of days. That's a lot of Twitter for people to consume and to reignite this rage machine that lives in them when they realize that they've had a black president for eight years. And maybe they didn't think everything was all that bad, but there were probably people that still had, like, their fears... And then this orange man showed up and told him that all these fears were founded properly, but like, we need to place them in very specific barometers and then just torch it and just ignite these flames of hatred and rage for his own benefit and no one else's. 
And so now we have a lot of people who are indoctrinated, a lot of people who are driving just from anger and fear. Some of them act and then probably don't even know why. They just do because this guy told them to. Because he thinks that they're special. And now I'm not saying I empathize with... Again, empathy is not the same as me saying, like, I, I feel everything you're feeling. I'm just saying I can understand. Just to be clear, some people mistake empathy for being like, oh, I've been there so I can feel it. Like, yes, but also no. And it's not saying that I, I think and feel what you feel. It's just that I can put myself in your shoes now because of things I've experienced. I can understand it better. I mean, I'm a white person. I get it. I get how that can be scary, but it's not. It's, it's, it's actually scary if you're on the other side of it. And... I know that I want to be on the right side of history. I know that I want to be on the right side of humanity. I know that I want to be on the right side of just being the best person I can be. You know, and I could do a whole episode about weaponizing things like religion and belief. And left or right, centrist, whatever, all the other stuff in politics. And I mean, I'm not going to get anywhere with it right now, but I wanted to talk about these things because... I understand. I understand fear. I might not understand fear for the same reason that a person of color can understand it. And I might not understand fear from the way that a, a female or somebody who's trans or in the uh, pride community would feel it. But I understand fear. I lived it a lot myself. There's a few times where I thought I was going to die. There's a few times where I thought people, my brothers and sisters were going to die. You know, I understand loss. I understand feeling like you've been gutted from just this out of nowhere removal of someone in your life that you'll never have a chance to talk to again. Like, I understand fear of losing and fear of missing out and fear of confusion and of the dark. And please know that whether it's racism which I hope it isn't or anything else that you fear whether it's something being taken away from you or just losing a piece of yourself your humanity your personality your identity you don't have to feed that monster you don't Ultimately, you can tell it, like, hey, you trained it. It doesn't train you. And I am embarrassed. I could tell you more stories, and I won't, because I don't want this to go on too much longer, but of other stupid things I've said and believed growing up, and even in middle school and parts of uh, sophomore and high school. And it wasn't even until the past decade that I really realized where things were going and started to learn about the pride community more. I mean, I'm always learning. And there's things I'm afraid of and things I'm afraid to ask and talk about. But luckily for me, I've found people who have welcomed me to learn. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. Um, I'm proud to say that... Yeah, I'm going on another tangent again. But I'm proud to say that some of the people that I can call some of my closest com comrades and, and partners in crime and, and, and business people from across the world of different colors and identities and, uh, and orientations 
Ah, man. The past five years have been a trip, and the more I learn, the more I look back on that stupid version of me when I was younger. And as embarrassing as all of that is, and probably I'll still continue to embarrass myself moving forward, um, just know that you're not... You don't have to lose a part of you. You just... But when it comes to societal stuff as well, with like watching how you speak, sometimes you just have to apologize if it does happen and own it. Say, hey, that's my monster. It came out. That's my ignorant monster. And I'm sorry. You know, and I want to do better. You know, and, and you just have to show it. People will see your character and they'll know if you genuinely made a mistake. But you're not losing you. You're not losing any part of you. You're not... I promise you that you're not. I mean, what you're losing, if you lose more of that racist teachings you were taught or brought up in, or those biases that you may have and not realize that you have them, even if you're progressive, like me, you're always going to be finding more things that you are like, fuck, I'm embarrassed, I can't believe I said that or thought that or didn't realize I was doing that. I mean, that's okay, man. That means you're learning. Life happens outside of your comfort zone, and guess what, man? If you if you really do want to take a step in the right direction, you're going to have to be okay with being uncomfortable. And for that matter, put on a fucking mask, guys. They're not that uncomfortable. They suck to have to do a, a lot of talking, and yeah, that sucks, because there's no real good design that, like, that I've found that keeps it from sliding down your nose sometimes, but, you know. Just clench your teeth and talk through your teeth. You'll be fine. But if doctors and nurses can wear that shit their whole fucking career for 12 to 15 hours a day, you know, especially now, all day, every day, you can do it for a fucking hour when you go into the store. Deal with it. Alright, that's probably enough. Oh, I I have no idea what to call this episode without giving the wrong impression about what, what it's about. Um but I did it. Okay. This was really uncomfortable, but I did it. It's here. I'm going to put it on the internet, and then hopefully people won't hate me when they listen to it. Uh, and again, there's a lot more I could talk about with this. Uh, I don't want anybody who's listening to this to think it's the, everything that I said is totally cut and dry. There's a lot of ebb and flow in there that I didn't get to just because I'd be here all fucking day. And, um, and I know it was a little meandering, and I'm sorry. I probably spent about 10 minutes of this just be hemming and hawing because I didn't know how to start. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So, with that, friends, um, listen, we're going to be okay. Uh, just please remember at least one thing. The people will see your character. Because you can't hide who you really are. And I think most people, especially if you do mean well, and you do mean to do good things, people will see it. They might not always see it right away, but the right people will. And those are the people that you want to align with. Those are the ones that you want to talk to. Those are the ones that are paying attention to you. They're the ones that are going to be honest with you, too. And I think they know you'll do the same. So just trust yourself. And just apologize. If no matter what you identify as, it doesn't matter. We all say and do stupid shit. If you mean it, apologize. And even if you don't mean it, apologize anyway. And then think about what the fuck you did. And then apologize again when you do mean it. (laughs) 
But that's it. Okay, guys and girls, uh, humans of all ages, shapes, sizes, colors, and creeds, I love you. Thank you so much. If you made it this far, it means so much to me. This is my second year getting this bad boy started. Uh, don't know what else to say. So, um, on that note, I hope that you are taking care of your mind, taking care of your heart, and most importantly, taking care of each other. Be safe out there.